Your first eight guys maybe should be blue plate specials, but those back five guys, they should be more like tin hats, more guys that are grunt players, garbage players that dive for the ball. You are listening to the Scrambled Eggs Podcast on CrackedSidewalks.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scrambled Eggs, your unofficial Marquette basketball podcast here on CrackSidewalks.com. Joe McCann and Phil Bush here with you to kick it off. Happy New Year, or happy college basketball New Year, that is, Phil. Yeah, happy, happy, very likely a consequential season for Marquette to you. It is a brand new season. You're probably, many of you probably listened to this on Monday, the first game of the year for your Marquette Golden Eagles as they will be taking on Northern Illinois. Probably going to be a quick pod here. We're probably not going to go too in-depth on these two bye games. Just maybe give some overall quick thoughts as the Marquette kicks off the season. Uh, if you missed our game-by-game projections and some overall looks at how we expect Marquette to do this season, go back and listen to our last podcast. That's where Phil and I went game-by-game and gave you our record predictions. And uh, Paint Touch has actually predict, uh, gathered a lot of projections from not just you and me, Phil, but other people who write for Paint touches and honest eagle and crack sidewalks. A lot of people thinking like us. I'd say we were probably in the upper half of the predictions, both probably more on the optimistic side, but uh, there were still maybe one or two that were right there with us. I think Alan Bukowski was most optimistic. He had 29 and 2. Yep. Was yep. his prediction? He sure did. He um, sure did. But I don't think anybody had fewer than 24 wins predicted for Marquette. So mm-hmm. a lot of optimism, even among the pessimistic. Right. Well, and, and even even a, a predicting twenty four wins, that's a good season, right? Like yeah. that's that's a very that, solid season and likely a top six top six seed in the in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, even if you're yeah, teams that win twenty four games enter March saying we might have a shot at this. We might we can make a run, and we hope to make a run for Marquette to make a run and maybe do much more than that this season. But yes, it's a new season. Everybody from the top to the bottom, from number one down to uh, hey, pop quiz, Phil. How many Division One basketball teams are there now? Three hundred and fifty-seven. It is up to three sixty-two. Oh my 362. god! Three sixty-two. Got five new teams. Why? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know who the new ones are, but all right. Uh, here's another one, f- funny one. So n- the number one team on Ken Palm as the season kicks off is Purdue, the Boilermakers, who Marquette will uh, see in Hawaii, may not necessarily play Purdue. But uh, you want to take a wild guess as to the last-ranked Ken Palm team as the season kicks off? Mm. I'll give you a hint. It's the alma mater of probably the greatest wide receiver in NFL history. Coppin State? Is that where Jerry Rice uh, went? Jerry Rice went to Mississippi Valley State. Oh, all right. Mississippi Valley State is your number 362 on Ken Palm as the season kicks off. Congratulations to them. Yes, but uh, that's not who Marquette is playing in their first game. Um, These are two bye games. These are two games that Marquette is expected to win quite comfortably. Actually, according to Ken Palm, uh, if you're new to the pod, we reference Ken Palm a lot. For those who don't know, it's an analytics website, does a great job predicting uh, basketball um, wins and losses through analytics. It's, just, it's a predictive metric, basically ranking teams. I we, They would expect this team to beat this team just because they're higher in their analytics, yada, yada. We can go through all the details of that another day. But the bottom line is these predictive metrics have Marquette winning uh, these two games actually by almost the exact same score. Uh, yeah. According to Ken Palm, it has a 85-61 win over Northern Illinois and an 84-61 win over Ryder. So I'd sign out for both of those right now, Phil. But uh, I, I again... 
I don't know how deep you want to dive into these two teams, but the bottom line is these are two games you would expect comfortable wins, and really it's just kind of a let's get a look at this team before the grind starts because it really gets going next week against Illinois. Yeah, this is really, I mean, these games are really about getting the young players in. I think the coaching staff looking at different lineups against, you know, Northern Illinois and Ryder have Division One scholarship athletes. Um they may not quite be of the same caliber as as those on the Marquette side, um, but but again, it is better than playing against yourself. So I, I think this these two games are really going to be focused on. Yes, absolutely, you have to win them, but it's going to be focused on. Hey, let's let's get everyone used to playing real legitimate college ball again. Let's get the lineups going. Uh, let's escape without any injury. You know, it it's just kind of getting back in the swing of things because next week it does not get easier. No, it don't. It does not. And we'll dive into the next games next week. But I will uh, I will say this. Just a couple quick notes on Northern Illinois and uh, Ryder. They both bring both return four starters. So they both return quite a bit, uh, a bit of experience. Ryder especially, they have a lot of seniors and fifth-year guys. So these will be experienced teams that may not be all that intimidated heading to Milwaukee, but you want to talk about experience, Marquette's got that too. Uh, Experience is not an excuse for Marquette this season. They return almost everyone. The only player they have lost from last year's team who really contributed significant minutes is Omax Prosper. And uh, by the way, he finally made his debut. It was uh, with the Dallas Mavericks. He only played like one minute of garbage time uh, against... Fire (laughs) Jason Kidd. Uh, I mean, Jason Kidd's killing me, man. Get get our guy Omax in the game. But again, he's the only significant player from last year's squad that is gone. Uh, everyone else is back. And I think that above all else, Phil, is why there is so much optimism around this Marquette team is when you bring back experience, that is, that is proven over the last, say, 15, 20 years in college basketball in this one-and-done era that if you want to have a team that goes deep in March, having experienced players really matters. Almost, I wouldn't say more, you know, it, I know the five-star prospects are exciting. All these guys that Duke and Kentucky and Kansas bring in, it's it's fun when you have five-star guys, but when you have turnover, that chemistry can be tough to rebuild year in and year out. Not an issue with Shaka Smart's team as far as chemistry, and talent is not an issue either. Right, absolutely. Yeah, This is this is also... You know, as much as the start of a, a new season can be, um, this is a dealing with a known quantity, right? We we know who the starters are. We know the vast majority of the bench. Certainly curious to see Trey Norman, Zaire Lowry, you know, uh, Al Amadou get into the game in some capacity, right? But those are not folks, especially early in the season, where you're expecting big minutes or needing to contribute right away so it's going to be kind of you know new boss same as the old boss kind of kind of kind of vibe going on and then it's going to be really these first two games i think i'm really curious to see you know we saw a huge jump um from shaka's first season to shaka's second season in terms of player talent like tyler kolik oso igadaro um those those folks really really jumped I'm really curious to see what the jump looks like, you know, early days, obviously only two games, but I'm really curious to see what the jump is for the established players. Like how much better can Tyler Kola get? How much better is Oso Iguodaro? 
is he going to launch one if not more threes right like what what that's that's what i'm excited to see these first two games because it's basically going to be everything's on the table because we feel relatively confident that we should be able to win this yeah i think that's something we were maybe speculating this time a year ago is which player would take the leap uh, as Justin Lewis did the previous season, uh, who would take the leap? And I, I think Tyler Kolick took the leap. Obviously, he took yep. uh, he went from being a guy who you liked, who ha- had some positive qualities in the way he passed, but you just wanted to see so much more for him as far as being a short uh, a shooter and just just controlling the game. And boy, did he take a leap! And he wasn't the only guy who improved from year to year. But I've been with you as as far as the returning players. Who could take a leap forward? And there are certainly opportunities for that with Omax's minutes being available. And from what people have said about David Joplin, he he, he his body looks different, right? He, he right. looks fitter. He looks trimmer. Uh, so we may see a different type of game from him this season as opposed to what we saw last year, which was still pretty dang good. He was an outstanding shooter. He was the sixth man of the year in the Big East. But uh, as far as the guys who I know we're definitely going to see play on Monday night, uh, Joplin definitely has my intrigue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see how how high the Joplin stock, the Jop wagon stock, really gets. I mean, gotta I gotta get that uh, nil t shirt made. Yeah, Jop oh, wagon. It's gotta. Yeah, happen. somebody somebody's got to step in and do that. Um, I think I'm most interested to see what what Stevie Mitchell and Cam Jones look like. Um, you know, I think Stevie. You know, there's a lot of buzz around. You know palpable buzz even around hey like let's not sleep on him and and articles in the press and that sort of thing um so i'm interested to see you know we know what he's what he's got in the bag from a defensive standpoint but if he can you know he certainly had games last season uh the villanova game on the road right where i think he scored 18 points um you know was was something like three of six from three or something like that right like you know he can certainly contribute offensively game to game, um, but but are we going to see more consistent offense out of him? Is he going to get more minutes? Cam Jones is he going to, you know, maintain a blistering three point shooting? He's he's definitely the one player I would say on the on the team that has a green light from just about anywhere, right? Like yeah, he's he's, he's yeah in the gym range. As soon as right. he steps in the gym, he's in range. Right, and and so so w- what he does with that green light will be interesting. Um, so I, I you know I, I'm just curious to see the starters, right? Like, so you think Jop, you think Joplin's going to be the one to make the leap this year? Is that what you're you're thinking? Uh, yeah, he would be my pick. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I I I, I not I to steal your Jop wagon. You know that that's kind of your thing. But you know if I'm if you're asking me a guy who t- now if I if I want to just defer and let you have your Jop wagon stock. I would pick peg Chase Ross as yeah. a guy who can take a leap. Uh, he's gonna. Have, I mean, he showed out a lot in limited freshman minutes last year, and uh, you know, it's, he's still got a ways to go, I think. But he does look like a future pro to me at some point. He he's got that kind of moxie. He's got that swagger. He brings it on the defensive end. He is so confident late in games, and that was last year as a freshman when he was when he showed that confidence and with more minutes and now there's guys behind him and how he's looking to maybe be secure, not only his spot in the rotation, but to be a starter eventually for this team. Uh, I, I think Chase Ross is going to make a move too. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think one, I think it's going to be whoever's in that, that 
playing that three or four, right? Because let's not forget Ben Gold is also, you know, sitting there waiting to 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 break out a little bit. So I I, I do agree though. I think the two most likely candidates are are the Jopwagon and and Chase Ross because I think they have the most explosive offensive potential. Um, certainly Chase is is very good defensively. Theoretically, Joplin has come along on that defensive end, so it's not, you know, it's it's not going to be a hindrance, uh, hopefully. So that would help him to, to um, kind of explode uh, onto the scene. But uh, yeah, I I think that's what's intriguing is there's enough certainty that we feel confident that this team will be successful, but there's enough untapped potential out there as well that this could like really go places right if chase ben gold and david joplin all really step forward this season to some degree and everybody else kind of holds their game level right if everyone else is just the same i mean we won't miss we'll miss omax just because hey it's nice to have an omax but like that is you know that is a team that like can beat anyone yeah. And that doesn't oh, even so. count the freshman, right? Yeah, yeah, we have it. And it, the, it, the there's always a freshman who surprises us, right? Right. You know, two years ago it was Cam Jones. Last year it was probably Chase Ross. Uh, this year, yeah, there's there's only three of them. And again, I say this knowing I may be wrong about it, but I don't know how many minutes are going to be available for these guys, but they're all going to play some. So will it be Trey Norman? Will it be Zade Lowry? Or will it be Al Amadou who maybe? You, you say, okay, he's the wow freshman. He's the one who's really ready right now. Um, th- th- I could see all of them being that guy, depending right. on how minutes shake out and uh, which guy maybe earns more spot in the ro- more spots in the rotation. But I've seen or heard good things about all three of them. Um, with you know, Nor- you know Norman and, and Lowry are going to be more perimeter players. Norman may even be a potential to be a guy who can be a lead guard. Uh, but then Ali Amadou, he's your depth in the front court. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I could see ways that all three of them could be the, the wow freshman. But it, even if it is limited minutes for them, it's a heck of an opportunity for them to, you know, Get into the culture, learn the way things are done, because all the guys who did this last year are back, almost all of them. And then next year, they're a huge part of this team, whatever it looks like going forward. Right, right. Yeah, and you know, we keep forgetting to mention him, Sean Jones. Like, yeah, I, I mean, like again, Sean Jones is a an outstanding talent. So like, he's got to fit in there somewhere. And I did, I did see in in Shaka's uh, press conference. I think it was from Friday um, that he was talking about, you know, if they really want to up the tempo defensively and really turn the screws on a team that they were talking about a, a Sean Jones, uh, Stevie Mitchell, Chase Ross, you know, uh, backcourt. And I, and I don't know how many people caught it, but then, um, but Shaka then also said, well, and Tyler, if he feels like doing it could also be part of that. Um, <laughs> you know, so it, I think it was a little bit of, little bit of jibe at, at Tyler, but, uh, um, you know, one, I think it shows the culture of the team that the coach can, can do that sort of thing in a press conference, but also, I mean, there's all sorts of different ways this team can play and win. So I, I think we're going to see some of that, um, you know, in these first two games, because I think, 
I think they're going to want to put some of this stuff on tape for other teams, you know, specifically the Maui tournament, for teams to have to at least prepare for some different approaches, different looks, different lineups um, that might, you know, that might not necessarily be lineups they use all that often. Yeah, they can match. It's a good point because they can match up however they need to depending on the need like if you go against a team that maybe has some bigs uh we saw them experiment a little bit a little bit last year with gold and Oso out there together mm-hmm. uh you could see that a little bit if you need it i i wouldn't expect it a lot to be sure to be clear but when you have al emadu back there you know you have an extra big if you're you know running both gold and Oso out there and then all of a sudden they need a blow and then you got to get another big guy out there well al's Al's there. And again, you may be a little smaller if Al's playing the five, but you get my point. And David right. Joplin played a little bit of five last year. So you could also go small ball, right? And you have plenty of guards to have a small ball lineup that is very fast. Again, you mentioned Sean Jones. You, obviously, we've got a, a returning All-American in Tyler Kolick. You've And again, Stevie Mitchell, Cam Jones, Trey Norman, Zade Lowry, they could all factor into a small ball lineup. So like whatever your matchup Requires, I think Shaka has a lineup for any team. Right. Whether it's a team that wants to play fast, a team that wants to play slow. I think Ryder is a team that may want to play a little bit more up-tempo. Um, no, I'm sorry, it was it, it was Northern Illinois that actually likes to run. They actually like to play fast. So if they want to run, Marquette's got the guys who are ready to run. <laughs> I don't know if Northern Illinois wants to get in a shootout with Marquette, but we'll find out. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's... It's 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 a great weapon that Shaka and the staff have at their disposal. Is they have they can get creative with their lineups because of their depth. Because there's always another guy on that bench who's ready to fill in if you're running guys out a, a bunch of guys out there in different ways. And oh, maybe all of a sudden you find yourself either in foul trouble or a regular lineup. The guys are just gassed, and you need a couple other uh, extra bodies out there. This team could go pretty deep if it needs to be. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a non-zero chance that we play. 10 players in at least some games this this season and in like legitimate minutes. I don't mean 10 players because we brought, you know, two walk-ons in in the final, mm-hmm. you know, in the final minute of a blowout, right? Like we could I I in fact, I would predict that in both the Northern Illinois and Ryder game, we see before there are 5 minutes left, we see 10 players in the game playing you know, legitimate minutes. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I, I'll definitely be interested to see how Shaka maybe does that on opening night. Also, it depends on how the game goes, of course, right. too. If Northern Illinois is giving you a fight in the first half, you're probably not going to get cute. But maybe if you come out guns a-blazing and you're really running them out of the gym in the first half, maybe you get those freshmen out there. Just, all right, here's the freshmen. Everybody take a look at them. Here they are. And you get them some early minutes. But, again, it probably depends on how the game goes. But I would imagine, yes, all the freshmen will debut on Monday and also get some run on Friday as well. Yep. Yep. And I think it'll be interesting. And Monday, there should be a lot of juice in the stadium. Yes, exactly. And that's what I was going to go to next because uh, while the game game tips at 8, correct? 7.30. No, 7.30 okay, Central. 7.30 Central Time uh, at the Fiserv, of course. That game will be on FS1. But for those of you going to the game, you want to get there early because Marquette will be putting up a banner, Phil. Yes, yes. We, we're hanging an actual banner. I would presume the banner will have both 
regular season and conference uh, tournament uh, champions on it. Yeah, I'm actually curious to see what the wording is and what it will look like. I don't think they'll hang two banners, but no. uh, um, but yes, there will be a banner. I'm curious how it will be worded, but I'm sure three words I know will be on there. Big, East, and Champions. Yes. Those three words will be on there. Yes. So, public service announcement. If you are going to the game, please be in viewing range of the ceremony by 710. They announced that that's essentially when they're going to drop the ban- banners about 710. And if you're the first 10,000 in the door, you get a uh, replica banner to take home with you. So, you know, if you're thinking of going to the game, get there a little early. Get excited. Have yourself a beverage and and watch watch the, the team celebrate the, uh, the Big East champions last year. Should be an awesome night. Should be just electric energy to start that game because, uh, you know, Marquette hasn't put up a Big East championship banner in ten years, and they haven't put up many champion, you know, regular season championship banners right. ever, right? Because you know, the in their end. glory days, when you think they would have won a lot of championships in the regular season, they were an independent, so there were no re- there were no conferences to be won. So not a whole lot of conference championship banners hanging up there at the Fiserv Forum. So it's uh, very exciting to sell to celebrate this one and the first time ever they will be celebrating two championships first time marquette has ever won a regular season and a postseason conference tournament so yeah get there early very early get your banners and be there to celebrate that the new one going up and then be loud and rowdy as they hopefully blow out northern illinois and then get ready for rider and i'll be curious to see how many uh how many fans are in attendance on monday right like because because again um, one, they're hanging the banner. Two, it's the opening game of the season. But you've also got a top five team, right? Like you would hope there's enough public visibility that this isn't going to be just the diehards for Marquette. This is going to be some no. folks thinking, "Hey, this is interesting. We got a good local team. I I should go watch and see what's up with them." Yeah. Now, did I see? I definitely saw several tweets about people buying tickets. Say they were going fast. Yeah, I sound like I'm working for the marketing office now, but if you want to go to a Marquette game this year, you better get your tickets <laughs> because they're like all like almost all the marquee games are are sold out. I, I I'm I'm under the the impression like I think the Notre Dame game is sold out, I think yep. the Texas game is sold out. Um, see what uh, UConn game is probably sold out. National Marquette Day is sold out big time. <laughs> like there's a waiting list for National Marquette Day. Um, so if you want to go to a Marquette game this year. I would advise getting those tickets sooner rather than later. Might make a nice Christmas gift. But, uh, yeah, I I don't know if the Northern Illinois game is sold out, Phil, but I, I would imagine still pretty crowded. Because, like you said, top five team in the country, I don't know what else this team could do to fill that place right. other than have Duke there on opening night. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's opening night. It's a championship team. You're raising a banner. You're a top five team in the country, and you have legitimate Final Four and national championship aspirations. I don't know what else they need to do to get people in the building, but uh, yeah, I I expect it to be loud. And I expect it to be jam packed. Yeah, and I'm just real quickly looking at uh, Ticketmaster, and it looks like there's basically single tickets left. Um, if if you have so more than if you have more than two tickets, there's three sections that have two tickets together. Everything else is singled up. All right. So maybe get all your friends and say, Hey, we're not going to sit together, but we're just going to go to the game. We'll drink before and after you can do yeah. that. 
Yeah, yeah, you can do that. You're a full-grown adult. Um, but but yeah, the uh, the the Notre Dame Sit, game, make some new friends. Yeah, there you go. Hey, everybody's everybody's a friend when you're when you're cheering for Marquette, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I mean, it's so sold out. The Notre the I had a friend send me a uh, an email from the uh, uh, the Notre Dame Boosters Club, and they were basically like. Well, we can't get enough tickets together for the Marquette Notre Dame game to bother putting together a Notre Dame only cheering section. So, good luck and Godspeed getting your tickets. I'm like, so basically, what you're saying, it will only be the right shades of blue and gold in the arena that night. That is that is both the hope and the seemingly reality. So, um, yeah, that'll be great. I mean, it's it's going to be nice to see the Fiserv really full and really energetic. I like. I've got goosebumps just thinking about the season starting tomorrow. Or, well, by the time people listen to this, probably tonight. Yeah. it. Uh, Al McGuire always said he always wanted to fill the corners, right? He said he would go out before the game. He would look up as you know just before tip-off, and he would look to the corners and see if there were people in the corners of the arena, the worst seats. That's And that's when he said he knew he was doing his job. He said when he had filled the corners. So I expect Marquette fans to fill the corners this year in quite a few games. And based on what people have been saying uh, online from what I've people trying to buy tickets, sounds like there, there are going to be some really jam packed crowds uh, at Fiserv this year. And it should be uh, an amazing atmosphere because obviously the arena, the, I mean, the area around Fiserv is just so awesome for hanging out pregame and postgame. It should be a great atmosphere. I'm going to try to get to I'm going to get up to a game myself this year at some point, And uh, I got to get up there and experience it again for myself. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Hey, do we know if best friend Jeff is coming to the game? We got it, Jeff. You got to get up to the game. Shouts to Jeff. I know Jeff's going to be there. I, I have complete and total faith in Jeff. Jeff, I, I bet Jeff will be at more than one game. Yes, Multiple yeah. Games. Jeff might be there on Monday. Well, we can only hope. But you know, here's here's the thing: going to the game tomorrow night or watching it, and I think it's it's on FS1, and they're going to do the wraparound coverage because they got you know other games going on or whatever, and it's the opening opening night of the season. Um, but I, I, I think it's going to be really exciting to, to kind of like, Hey, I was there when the season started. Cause I do think this, this season, it may not ultimately be the, the most specialist season, right? Cause you never know how things are going to go, right? Like, does it, do we have a shot at a national title? Absolutely. We do. Is that guaranteed far from it? Right. But, but that could be the destination. But I feel like just really confident that this is going to be a special season in some regard, you know, in a good way. And so it's going to be it's going to be fun to to be there and be like, hey, I was in the stands or or I was locked in when when the uh, the that special season started. Yeah, I think another way to say that, I think a lot of people are going to be want to be able to say I saw them in person that year. Yeah. Like I yeah I went to a game that year or I went to multiple games this year or that year I had season tickets that year, uh, yeah I get what you're saying. People are going to want to see this team in person, and maybe they can see them in person in Phoenix at the end of the year. But we'll get to that later. Well, Shaka's got to get a birthday present. Yeah, that will be an amazing birthday present for Coach Shaka Smart if that can happen. But so yeah I, yeah I don't have a. I don't have a whole lot more than that, Phil. We can keep this kind of to, to a brief pod. Did you have any one any other quick hitters you want to get on before we wrap this thing up? No, I'm just I am I'm in, I'm talk I'm tired of talking about what the season could be, and I'm really excited to see what the season will be. So I'm I'm ready to go. 
Yeah, I, uh, we are as well. I'm, I'm ready to go, and we are here at uh, Scrambled Eggs. And, and again, we are now in our kind of in-season mode. We will be bringing this podcast. Uh, the plan it will be every week. We usually record it Sunday nights, drop it on Monday mornings. Uh, remember to uh, stay in touch with us. You can hit us up on Twitter, slash X, whatever you're calling it now. I'm Joe McCann 3. Phil is M-O-O-O-F 23. At Crack Sidewalks is the team handle. You can always go to cracksidewalks.com. We post the podcast there. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And uh, rate, review, and subscribe. We appreciate that as well. And we also have a Scrambled Eggs uh, Facebook page. Phil, enjoy the game. I am jealous. I wish I could be there in person and get my own banner, but I will be enjoying it in spirit from my home in Texas. Absolutely. And uh, just all I have to say is ring out a Hoya. Let's go get one. With an MU rah rah. Enjoy the games, everyone. Enjoy the season. We will be in with you every week. Until next time, seashells and balloons. <laughs>